Yes, I just left him a few minutes ago. I might say that he's tremendously disturbed and quite upset over the fact that the only friends that he had in the leadership of the Black Panther Party are already all shot down. And he thinks that this is a concerted effort on the part of the police department to destroy whatever chances he has of being able to get a fair trial in his case. We have information already that the police department throughout the Bay Area and the northern part of California and also the southern part of California have sent out pictures, dossiers on all of the Black Panther party leadership in the top echelon and even some in the lower echelon and have issued orders on how to cope with them and how to take care of these Black Panther leadership. It seems to me that the entire action on the part of the police department over a period of several months predating the event of October 28th when Huey P. Newton was placed under arrest under the alleged charge of murder has been a concentrated and a concerted effort on the part of the police department to harass and to find excuses to kill and maim and destroy the militant leadership of the Black Panther Party established for self-defense. That goes for last night's action as well? That goes doubly for last night's action. And on the April the 3rd, when they broke into the Episcopal Church, when the Black Panthers were holding their meeting under the sanctity of Father Neal, where the uh, police barged in with their arms, shotguns ready for action, into the sanctity, even Nazi Germany, even the Nazis under World War II and prior to World War II did not have the temerity to walk into a place of worship. And Father Neal, which is traditional of the clergy, put his foot down on it and would not permit his sanctuary to be a place where it can be raided by the police and guns. I asked Father Neal yesterday if at any time did he see any weapons of any kind. He said, the only time I have ever seen weapons in and around my church have been when the police have had it. Now this is a classic example of of racism on the part of the police establishment and it's permeating the entire so-called law enforcement agencies and this kind of conduct has to stop will stop and must stop what are you going to do about it we intend to take action in court and we intend to exercise every right we have in pushing this matter into the highest court of the land and we intend to proceed immediately Bobby, can you say what the Black Panthers intend to do about all this? 
As we've stated, Mr. Fred has done a bad, very bad job before. We have a platform and a program that was first initially outlined before Huey and I even came to the streets with guns to begin to defend the black community. This platform and this program, we want power to determine our own death in our own black community, starting with the coming election, letting the black community know we want our own black police force who live in our black community. We want full employment for our people. We want decent housing. We want all black men to be drafted exempted from the military service. We want decent education. Things that you haven't written down and you haven't expressed to the people a disservice, I feel. Some of you are very good. We want an immediate end to police brutality and murder, murder of black people, point number seven. Which we've been dealing with because it's the most acute situation very well related to whether or not we receive these other basic political desires. We want fair treatment in the court. Now only are we going to deal with racist police brutality and our right of self-defense. We're going to deal with every other point we talk about. We're going to deal with every other point that Martin Luther King talked about, because if you look at it, it's the same thing. Only our brother, Martin Luther King, exhausted a means of nonviolence with his life being taken by some racist. What is being done to us is what we hate. And what happened to Martin Luther King is what we hate. You're darn right. We respect nonviolence. But nonviolence on the part of who? On the part of racists in this country, on the part of the racists who've infested the police department, who are organized and maintained by the power structure. We want nonviolence, just like Martin Luther King. But to sit and watch ourselves to be slaughtered like our brother, like you who was shot, etc. We must defend ourselves, as Malcolm X said, by any means necessary. We don't attack anyone. We want to attack. You come up. Your tactics now? I right? said we do not attack anyone. Would you, you never have. Would you tell them, uh, Bobby, what the Black Panther itself, symbol itself, stands for? The I Panther think this is symbol, the Panther symbol, the Panther, the nature of a Panther, never attacks anyone. But when he's pushed into a corner, and from what I can gather, like the brothers were last night, he has but one thing to do but to defend himself. That's the nature of a Panther. That's the very reason we use the Panther symbol. Where were you last night? I happen to be talking to Reverend Neal concerning going to the funeral of Martin Luther King. Reverend Neal is a member of the communication center here who are concerned with what happens in the community. And he received a phone call in his home that there was a disturbance. At 3 o'clock that morning, I found out that it would happen to be some of the members of the Panthers who would have been attacked by the police department. Back into a corner, like a Panther. We don't quite know just who's been arrested at this point. Uh, we know that uh, uh, Eldridge Cleaver, let me say something about Eldridge Cleaver and the treatment that he's received in this matter. Talk about equality under the law. This is a man who's been in the penitentiary, out on parole, who's on the staff of the Rampart magazine, written a, uh, a book that's going to probably be one of the best sellers. 
is being pushed around like he was a common animal. He was taken from the emergency hospital, allegedly there was nothing seriously wrong with him except that he was shot in the leg. He was transferred without any of his attorneys knowing where he was transferred to. He eventually was taken to San Quentin. When we went to San Quentin this morning, we were told that he was transferred to Vacaville. To this hour, our office has not been able to make communication with Mr. Eldridge. We were told... One of your attorneys saw Eldridge last night. Yes, just at the emergency uh, hospital. But by the time that our office, who's going to defend Eldridge, actually started getting the machinery so that we could see him, this morning I asked Mr. Dreyfus, Benjamin Dreyfus, from our firm to go down to San Quentin to see him, and when he got there, he had already been removed from there under the theory that he needed serious medical attention. And yet he was, we were told, Mr. Hoffman was told yesterday that his condition wasn't such that he needed serious medical attention. They were going to transfer him to the city prison. And all at once, it becomes so serious that he's taken out of San Quentin. If it was serious, San Quentin has a hospital there, and it has the benefit of some of the finest doctors in the Bay Area to take care of a serious situation. Then he's whisked away, where it takes us an hour and 15 minutes to go to Vacaville to even visit and see our client. This is the kind of uh, treatment that you don't even treat an animal with, much less a dignified human being. Well, back to my question, uh, the, uh, there is a, I don't have a there is a, I, I listen to the various people who are in books. Uh, is it uh, I don't know. I have, uh, I have uh, seen David Hilliard. I just came from seeing him. I got a call at the office a few minutes ago that there's a young man by the name of John Scott that's at the uh, uh, juvenile, and I don't know who else is involved. Uh, the book they've given us is Terry M. Cotton, John Scott, Don Lankford, Wendell Way. And then Charles Bercy, they said also. Charles Bercy and uh, Mr. Elders. I have not seen them. Uh, uh, Alex Hoffman may have seen them during the night, but uh, I have not yet seen him. I haven't even had a chance to see uh, Alex. He's on his way with Mrs. Cleaver to Vacaville to see if he can see uh, Eldridge. What's your, what are your immediate plans for people who were arrested? Under? Our immediate plans are to seek bail and to represent them. And at the same time, to see the murder charges are filed against the, for the murder of uh, Bobby Hutton. We'll see what equality there is under the law. Could you, since you... It's been explained by witnesses that when the members were asked to come out of the house, that Bobby Hutton had his hands in the air. racist action is what killed him on the part of the police department of Oakland. Pig department, quote me. Do you have any further details of what happened? The first details I've gotten in the last hour from witnesses who observed that as he was shot with his hands in the air? In the air. Uh, 
Would you be there, please? What, what do you know at this point? At this point, I know from what witnesses have told me that in the, after the house was tear gassed, floodlights was placed on the house. They were asked to come out. Bobby Hutton came out with his hands in the air. First member who walked out of the house and was gunned down by this racist pig department of Oakland. Yes, that's what we believe, and that's what we intend to prove in court. Exactly what it is. How, how, how do you expect to prove something like that? Through the mouths of the uh, assailants themselves. Through the history of the party. What sort of charge would you file on this? Would you try to file the murder charge? For, uh, well, in the first place, we expect Mr. Copley to do his duty and file a murder charge against the officers who killed Bobby Hutton. And we expect him to do his duty. And I see no reason in the world that anything would hinder him from doing his duty. He's a man who takes his duties very seriously, and I presume he will follow the dictates of his office and the responsibilities that the citizens of Alameda County have placed on him. When he doesn't do this, what do you do then? I, I, just, I just can't imagine a public servant uh, failing in his obligations. Well, then you, uh, you, what does your investigation show of the details involving the killing of Mr. Hutton? I don't have any details at the present time, except smatterings of certain witnesses that we have communicated. But we do know that over a period of months, the pattern has been consistent and persistent in the aims and purposes of destroying the... Uh, militancy of the Black Panther Party. And when I say militancy, it's been a militancy of aggressiveness to exercise their rights under the First and Fourteenth Amendments. And that is to see that they have the freedom of speech and the freedom of expression and the freedom to be able to be safe in their own homes. Well, I gather, because of the way you both are responding to questions about this incident, that it was mainly Panthers who were involved in the arrest and the book. We're assuming that. I'm assuming that they're all Panthers. I, I don't know. I'm just assuming I that. I assume there's no membership roles or anything of that nature. Even if they weren't Panthers, the, the, the conduct of the police over the past several months have been that you are a Panther... Uh, if you are in any way out on the street and you don't kowtow and become docile to the police at every turn of the way. In San Francisco, I think it was uh, the Chronicle that had a story by uh, Jarvis. You recall the incident where the three uh, young men that were picked up at Fifth and Harrison Street and uh, one of the officers there, an officer Yule, standing there with a shotgun, he said, if Huey Newton gets out, I intend to kill him myself. Now, this is a police officer in San Francisco who's on a tactical squad. His fellow officers refer to him as a wild man. Well, if he is a wild man, he certainly shouldn't be behind a gun or at least behind a badge. 
And they had all of this flamboyant business that these three young men had these Molotov cocktails and they were going to blow up this and blow up that. They said that they went to a Hunter's Point uh, uh, meeting of the Black Panther Party and these three young men never were within miles of any meetings. And this is the kind of conduct that's going on. These three young men were not even Panthers. I don't know whether they had any uh, feelings towards the Panthers, but I'm just trying to tell you what's, what's related. That's just two weeks ago. Oh, they haven't even been charged with all of this so-called uh, blowing up with Molotov cocktails. Do you have any witnesses who were, who were around and told you what happened when the cops showed up to begin with? Uh, I have some witnesses, but I wouldn't reveal their names at present because this racist pig department would probably be out to kill them because they would be exposed in the same manner that the Panther Party has been exposing this racist police department for the last year and six months or so. What, what do they tell you about what happened? Just... The main point that I got, and I didn't have time to discuss every point, and I referred to the Charles R. Gary, the lawyer here, is that Bobby Hutton had his hands in the air, and he was shot and murdered by the Open Pig Department. How, how about before that, before the, before the people even got in the house, when, when the uh, cars first pulled up, when it was the first uh, whatever it was, whatever happened? I don't have any information as to what happened exactly. Maybe Reverend Neal... The St. Augustus Episcopal Church at 27th and West can explain to you later at 2.30 at the Defermery Park. Are you going to be at that uh, news conference? Yes. Are you I I'm a little bit out of date. I haven't been the table for a couple of days. Last I saw you were being stopped by the police or some of the bench warrant. Is that still okay? No. No. Judge Stats allowed for me to appear in court Monday morning because he understood there was probably some uh, mix-up in terms of what was going on. Why didn't you appear in court on uh, Thursday? Well, let me answer that. Let my uh, lawyer answer that point. Uh, there was a mix-up between himself and the attorney that he had. His attorney is a very outstanding lawyer, and there was just a difference of opinion as to what was going on, and uh, I explained that to Judge Stats last uh, Friday evening, and uh, he withheld the serving of the warrant, and I notified the police chief of uh, Alameda County, I mean of uh, Oakland, and also the police chief's office in Berkeley so that they wouldn't willy-nilly pick Bobby up, and I also told Willie, I mean, to, I also told Bobby to take the uh, mustache off so that he wouldn't be a ready target for the things that have been going on. When did he say he was that? Saturday, was it? Was it yesterday afternoon? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, just so that any any, any uh, officer down, going down the street wouldn't immediately recognize him. That's right. This is also related to past threats that I've relayed to my lawyer on the part of racists and our members of the police department, etc. How about people who aren't uh, uh, police, just... Our predominant hang-up is that policemen ride around also in civilian clothes, and uh, racism, racism is what we're fighting. We're not racist. We don't hate a white person because of the color of their skin. We hate what's being done to us. The black community hates what's being done to it. The black community hates what was done to Martin Luther King. Whether they agreed or disagreed with his view, our goals, they hate what was done to him. That's why you have black rebellions going on all across this country. 
what was done. That's racism. That's where racism is manifested. The brutality, the murder, and the lynching. And it's found its way right into the confines of the governmental system here. So, in many ways, it's disguised. It's disguised when one reads the media, when the police say, well, we were ambushed. Or when the police say, he was allegedly committing a burglary. Or when the police say, uh, I think the car was stolen. And it's more manifested when we say a officer has a reasonable cause to believe when he can use this, these racists who hate us because of the color of skin who were brutalized and murders can use this here to clear himself to continue committing murder against black people in this country. What's going to happen in Oakland tonight? I don't know what's going to happen in Oakland tonight. Ask black people in the black community what's going to happen in Oakland tonight. Black people, I hope, will go home. Black people, I hope, will realize that spontaneity is not worth that. But what's going to happen in Oakland tonight is going to be up to the racist pig department. They should stop attacking black people in the black community. If they stop attacking black people in the black community, maybe nothing won't happen. Huey P. Newton. Well, the loss of this temporarily or permanently uh, have a much effect on the Black Panther Party? Well, I don't know what effect it will have on the Black Panther Party, but it will have a serious effect on uh, Huey's uh, defense. Because he's uh, he's been articulate and he's been working in uh, in uh, publicity and making uh, contacts with the uh, community. He's been uh, he's been a uh, forceful adjunct to the defense, and he's also been working with me and helping the defense of the case, evidentiary wise. We don't have the benefit of having uh, several hundred police officers throughout the country to prepare this defense. We've had to depend upon volunteers in order to be able to do so. And the, and, and the police department knows this. This is done intentionally. This is not just by accident. I said when the police barged in and arrested uh, uh, Bobby and his wife, Artie, uh, in, uh, in, in, in Berkeley se uh, several weeks ago, that this was an effort to hamper the defense. And this is just part and parcel of the same scheme and device. Let them deny it. I don't care what they do. Uh, I have enough facts at my disposal that I intend to use them. You know, the threats have not only been against the uh, Panthers themselves, now they're, the threats are going out against their attorneys. I've been threatened time and time again in the last six weeks about my participation in this case. What kind of threats? Physical threats over the telephone, people who call up and, and uh, make all kinds of threats. Like what? Like, we're going to get you, we're going to kill you, we're going to do this to you. This is in our beloved America, where we have free press. We have the right of being free expression. You speak of nonviolence. You hope the king can train black people to nonviolence? But what about King's principles being projected upon white America, racist white America? And let's go to the specifics of racism. I mean, let's go back from 1890 to 1900. Three black men were lynched. A black man was lynched on average of every three weeks from 1900 to 1916. 1,600 black people were lynched for every... That is the real, I say, real racism that exists. This is what we're talking about fighting. This is what we're talking about defending ourselves against. This is 
true. It's a fact. Do you know that in the last four weeks, some five black people were murdered in Oakland by Oakland policemen in East Oakland and West Oakland? You better make that six. Six. Bobby was... Bobby Hutton? Murdered, murdered last night. Did we attack them? No, they attacked us. Just because the Panther Party is exposing what they are. We want our own black police department chosen by black people in the community. And that policeman has to live in our community so he can understand us. We're getting tired of this racist police department, the way it's been acting, the way it's been killing and murdering black people. Because it's the real power arm of the power structure, and we know it. They speak of 650 policemen. Uh-uh, it's over 1,000. You know, the reserves they talk about, that's what they have. To patrol who? Not the white people in Piedmont, not the white people in the open hills, but to intimidate and brutalize us in our own community. We start talking about meeting concerning our employment, gross unemployment we subject, subject to, indecent housing, indecent education, and they have to come down to St. Augustine's Church down there and start intimidating the people with their guns, etc., to make them stop, really. We understand what the power force is. The same principles that Martin Luther King talked about, we talk about. Talking about decent housing, employment, etc., that's what we're talking about. We never have changed from that. And that's what Huey was talking about. Martin Luther King, the other day, by an act of some racist, exhausted a means. A means of us using so-called said non-violence. We must defend ourselves. What's wrong with self-defense? There's a hundred million guns in this country distributed amongst white people. If white people want to attack us on the basis of that attack, we must defend ourselves in our communities, because that's where they're going to come to attack us, in our communities. We never went out in the white community and lynched no white person. We never went out in the white community. We never done none of that. But we've been constantly brutalized, lynched, and murdered in the confines of our communities where we live. Ever since the Emancipation Proclamation and before. And we say, well, I think we should defend ourselves. And I think you think it's right. You're the minister. You're the minister at St. Augustine Episcopal. Correct. That's right. And where is it located? On 27th and West Street in Oakland. And your name is Reverend Earl Neal. Neal, correct. Earl Neal. Right. And you have been allowing the Black Panther organization to come to your church to hold meetings. That's right. Yes. Well, there was an incident there uh, the other evening about which there's been many reports and uh, many of them contradictory as to what, in fact, the police did. There was a meeting in progress, and the police came. Uh, what happened then? Uh, <clears throat> I, I was inside attending the meeting. The meeting was quite orderly. And all of a sudden, I noticed a at the door. And I immediately went to the front door, and there, much to my horror and much to my shock, I saw at least six squad cars out in front of the church, and on the top step of the church there were two officers two police officers and on the bottom step of the church, church there was a officer with a shotgun held at the ready and Captain David Hilliard uh, who was in charge of the meeting was talking with the police captain Captain McCarthy 
and I introduced myself to Captain McCarthy. I said I was a minister of the church, and uh, I extended my hand to him, and he, we shook hands, and he introduced himself to me. And I asked him what he wanted, uh, why you know he was at the church, and he said that an officer had seen somebody out in front of the church, said he had seen somebody out in front of the church waving a gun around that a crowd of people were around. And I... Before I would in, uh, discuss any further um, that incident, I asked the captain what was the reason for the great display of force that he had, namely the police cars and the officer on the shotgun uh, with a shotgun in front of my steps. And uh, he said that he had heard, believed that it was a tense situation, therefore this show of force was necessary. Well. Nobody was out on the street except the police officers. All the rest of the Panthers were inside, so I said that I did not feel that there was a, it was necessary to have this great show of force, and Captain Hilliard agreed with me. So I asked him, would he please dismiss the officers, and we could engage in some constructive dialogue, perhaps. Well, after two or three times asking him, he finally did consent, and he did dismiss the officers. Then he, we discussed the mapping into the church, with the waving a gun and I told him and this is true even yet today the only one the only guns that I have ever seen on the premises of our church property were the guns that night and the guns in question I refer to are the guns that were on the belts of the police officers and the shotgun that the one officer had those are the only guns I've ever seen around our church and then we asked then the officer described the fellow who he was looking for. The officer wanted to come into the church building and, and search everybody who was there, and I, I refused. I would not allow him to enter, because I didn't feel he had a right to enter. And we, the fellow who he described as one he suspected came to the door and gave him an ID and his name and address, and that was it. And then the officer left. But you feel that they came there with the intention of coming in to search the, the people inside? Yes, um, undoubtedly. I, I, the, the thing, nothing that disturbed me was the fact that when they came, they didn't even ask to see me. They didn't even say, is the minister here or the pastor here or the priest here? They didn't even ask to see me. And I think that, they, that the officer was quite outdone when I did appear on the scene. I don't think that they were prepared for me because it was a tense situation. And I think that my appearing kind of disarmed the officers and that they were not, you know, not prepared for my being there and they were not ex prepared for the cordiality that I extended by, uh, you know, offering to shake hands and engage in some kind of constructive dialogue. And it, uh, this, that incident particularly distresses me because um, I, if a community organization which is trying to work for the betterment of the black community cannot meet with meet in the sanctity in the sanctuary of the of a church building where in heaven's name can they meet I and mean, it's much better for them to building than to be roaming out on the street or meeting on a tennis court or meeting on a street corner or meeting in somebody's house and upsetting the neighbors and what have you and i think that um if this incident is allowed to go unchallenged that no church building is safe and i believe that we will be entering into another phase in the black liberation struggle namely the persecution of the christian church um, this is what happened in nazi <coughs> germany it happened in the days of jesus christ and i believe that um, 
that the whoever the powers that be are who do not want to bring about any who do not want any kind of change in the social system and political system as it is, I mean, in, my, in my opinion, they will stop at nothing um, to maintain their their uh, secure position. And included in this, they will not stop at persecuting the church or trying to bust down the church doors. Do you remember an incident in Los Angeles when uh, Black Muslim Mosque was invaded? Right. Is any parallel? Um, I do not remember uh, the exact details of that of that situation, but uh, I think that there is a parallel with what I remember of it. And um, a lot of people could have gotten hurt that night. And I think the fact that uh, we did challenge the police officer to dis to dismiss. The uh, the other officers before we would engage in some kind of uh, dialogue. I think that this helped save a whole lot of lives that night. Because if they would have stayed there, they'd have just been adding to the tension that was already present. Thank you very much, Reverend Neal.